Hello and welcome to Saird's Audio Fan Fictions. I'm Saird. Thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, we will be continuing on with chapters 3 and 4 of Nothing Endures But Change by Glitter Bombshell. If you've missed any episodes or would just like a refresher, please follow the links in the description below. There, you should find links to past episodes and chapters. Also, just a quick reminder, this fic will be made into a single complete audiobook upon the fic's completion. It and other complete works can be found on my website at sairdsaudiofanfics.com. There, you can also visit our Let's Chat page, where you'll find links and descriptions on our next potential fix for you to vote on, as well as a link to our Discord and a comment section. Right. With all that out of the way, let's get to it and finish this fic. Happy listening! Chapter 3 Lan Chiren raises a cup to his lips, pausing a moment to inhale the light, floral scent of gently steaming tea. He enjoys the warmth seeping through the delicate porcelain, so fine it's almost translucent endeavors to give the whole of the experience its proper appreciation. Across the low table, his companion chuckles lightly, though his own first sip of tea is no less reverential. The healer's pavilion is not Lanchiren's usual choice of venue for his midday meal, not least because of a sharp-tongued old woman who clucks her tongue over his stress levels every time she sees him, and asks pointed questions about his meditation practices, as though he is some recalcitrant child. But he is more than happy to make an exception for the man currently convalescing here. Lan Guihong is one of their eldest, most venerable teachers, second perhaps only to Lan Chiren himself in reputation. There are few members of the clan left who can remember a time when Lan Guihong was not an instructor in the cloud recesses. The man is nearly a decade past 100. Time does not leave its marks on cultivators the same way it does commoners, though. And so delicate his age, Lan Guihong's wits and eyes are sharp. His body only within the last year or so starting to protest the demands of his rigorous teaching schedule. And really, those protests had been muted and easily accommodated until this bout of coughing sickness had taken hold of him last week. It is a common ailment in the surrounding areas during Gusu's cold, snowy winters, one that occasionally even finds a few victims among the land cultivators. For most, it is a matter of a day or two of rest and medicinal tea. Lan Gui Hong, though, while a gifted teacher and historian, has always been a cultivator of average ability. He had been hit hard with the sickness, hard enough that the healers had insisted he recover under their watchful eyes instead of his own quarters, hard enough that the few vague notions of finding a permanent replacement for his classes and allowing him to retire to a life of individual scholarly pursuits and meditation have become rather less vague. He and Lan Chiren have discussed it on and off for several months now, but always in terms of 
the future. Lan Feng has been keeping me updated on the progress of the novice classes, Lan Guihong says, his voice still hoarse from days of coughing. It sounds as though they will be in an excellent position for me to hand over instruction. The future, it seems, is now. Lan Chiran cannot find it in himself to protest. Lan Guihong has served his clan and sect well, has dedicated himself to the children of Gusu Lan in a way that deserves only admiration and praise. There is not a single disciple among the main and branch families who has not taken their first steps into the world of cultivation under his kind, knowledgeable eyes. He had shepherded Xi Chen and Wang Ji through the formation of their golden cores. If anyone deserves a peaceful retirement, it is him. He sips the fragrant tea. I agree. They have been quite studious in your absence. Has Teacher Feng expressed any interest in taking over my position on a permanent basis? Lan Guihong inquires, setting his cup down on the table. Lan Chiren makes a non-committal hum, considering. Certainly Lan Feng is a capable instructor, one of their best and under most circumstances would be a natural choice. Lan Guihong's unique position in their clan is not most circumstances, though. His replacement will be responsible for helping to shape the very youngest of their disciples, guiding the children of the Lan clan on the path of cultivation. It is not a position to take lightly. And Lan Feng, capable though he is, has worked almost exclusively with their older disciples since he took up instruction in the cloud recesses. Lan Chiren is not certain working with small children is the best use of his abilities. Unfortunately, there are not many other candidates available. With the election of Wang Ji as Excellency, Gusu Lan Sek's influence and prestige has only spread. Lan Chiren had had his misgivings, many of them tied directly to his nephew's cultivation partner. But Wang Ji has raised the challenge admirably. His leadership has proven beneficial to the cultivation world as a whole, and Gusu Lan in particular. Hardly a day goes by that Lan Chiren does not receive some message or missive from outlying sects and clans asking permission to send their young disciples to study in the cloud recesses, even outside the traditional guest periods. Apart from their swelling student ranks, Wang Ji has enacted many plans and programs to try and get their disciples more involved in the surrounding territories. Educational exchanges, medical seminars, literacy outreaches... Wang Ju seems determined to erase the stain of corruption and complacency in the cultivation world as quickly as he can. There has been some grumbling among the elders of the clan that it is too much change too quickly. But Wang Ju has thus far proven to be the more stubborn force, and one can hardly argue with the results. For the time being... Lan Chiren is content to simply monitor the situation 
and ready himself to step in if Wang Ji gets too far ahead of himself. However, with the increased numbers of disciples and guest disciples, as well as those assigned on educational and charitable enterprises, Lan Chiren has found his roster of available instructors stretching thin. They've had to combine a few of the upper classes while Lan Guihong has been ill in order to prevent too much disruption to the schedule. As far as problems go, he supposes it's a good one to have. But it is a problem. He takes another sip of his tea, stroking his beard with his free hand in thought. If Lan Feng does not wish to step into your role, there are other possibilities, he says. Up to and including himself taking over the novice classes until a suitable replacement can be found, though the option has little appeal to him. Do not trouble yourself with anything beyond your health and recovery, old friend. They pass the rest of the meal in pleasant conversation, until the bell signaling the start of the afternoon study period tolls through the cloud recesses. At that point, the head healer respectfully ushers him out of the pavilion. He respectfully ignores her pointed questions about his stress levels and meditation practices. He can trace the exact origin point of his elevated stress levels to the moment when his younger nephew strode through the gates of the cloud recesses with a resurrected Wei Wu Zhen in tow, claiming that they were now married, of all things, and takes his leave. The day is pleasant for this time of year. The cloudless sky a brilliant sapphire blue, and the cold snap of the air refreshing and he briefly considers taking a stroll. He could check in with some of the younger disciples, ensure they are using their study period wisely. Perhaps visit Wang Ji and discuss plans for the discussion conference that will be held when the snows melt. Without the unasked-for and unnecessary input of Wei Wu Zhen, as the troublesome creature usually secludes himself in the Jingxi or the library whilst Wang Ji is working. Unfortunately, the pile of paperwork he has sitting on the corner of his desk in his own quarters is a greater priority right now. With Xi Chen still in seclusion and Wang Ju busy with far greater work, he has taken back the duties that fell to Xi Chen when he took his rightful place as sect leader. It's not a burden. There is so little he can do to actually help Xi Chen. This is nothing. This is the least of what he is willing to do to support his nephews. However, he cannot deny that, while he doesn't think he is ready to retire to a life of study and private cultivation, there is a part of him that wishes he had the option to. But such are unworthy thoughts, and useless besides. The situation is what it is, and he has long ago reconciled himself to sacrificing whatever is required of him in support of his brother's children. Hurry up! I am hurrying! There's no running in the cloud recesses! How am I supposed to hurry if I don't run? I don't know, just walk really fast! Lan Chiren pauses mid-step 
as the furiously whispered conversation reaches his ears. Glancing to his left, he sees several of Lang Guihong's novice students, almost the whole group, walking, indeed very quickly, down one of the side paths in the compound, heading towards a set of practice rooms that will be unoccupied this time of day. They are obviously trying to be stealthy and unobtrusive. In the manner of young children, even disciples of Gusu Lan, they are being neither. Lan Chiren is struck with a sudden, overwhelming premonition that investigating will cause him nothing but cold, bitter regret. He follows anyway. Strangely, the children seem to be following the lead of the youngest novice, a boy from one of the branch families whose progress both Lan Guihong and Lan Feng have expressed concern over. Having worked with the class for several days when Lan Feng's duties took him elsewhere, Lan Chiren has to say he shares their concerns. A disappointing case. The child clearly has potential, else Lan Guihong would not have kept him in the novice class this long. But not every child who comes to them with potential is able to cultivate. He believes Guihong had been making quiet inquiries about possibly shifting the child's studies over to the healers when he first fell ill. In all of Lan Chiren's interactions with the novice class, the youngest has been but a silent shadow of his cousin. He sits with his eyes averted and struggles through their lessons, obviously putting in a great deal of effort into his studies, but not attaining the desired results. The mathematics class Lan Chiren had to take over yesterday had stretched the limits of his patience. Now, though, the nervous, silent boy walks confidently, his head held high and straight as he leads his classmates to the practice rooms. The children have not broken any rules. Yet, the jaded voice of experience whispers in his mind. And as such, he allows them to continue towards their destination, curious despite himself. The sense of foreboding, though, does not grow any weaker. As they turn a corner, Lan Chiren realizes two of the boys are carrying what looks like stacks of talisman paper and a few tallow candles. He feels his eyes widen at that, and he quickens his steps. Even so, his presence goes unnoticed when the children stop in front of one of the empty practice rooms, one that has a small note tacked onto the door. The smallest novice reads the note and then raps firmly on the door. When no answer is forthcoming, he straightens his shoulders and knocks again, louder this time. Then, Senior Wei? Senior Wei, are you in there? He calls, and Lan Chiren feels his blood thunder through his veins, a familiar mix of anger and irritation swirling sourly in his stomach. Of course. Of course it's something to do with him. The door slides open a moment later, and Wei Wuxian pokes his head out. He looks confused for a brief instant, but then he is smiling widely at the children. 
boys, he says, glancing around the small circle of faces he now finds himself surrounded by. There's more of you today. Brother Jingyi said you wouldn't mind, Lan Xin chirps. Wei Wuxian snorts, crossing his arms over his chest as he shakes his head. Oh, he did, did he? Undeterred, Lan Xin bounces on his toes a little. Do you have time to help us again today? Were he not sure it would immediately give away his presence, and equally sure that the head healer's questions about his stress levels and meditation practices would become even more pointed, Lan Chiren is fairly certain he would be spitting blood. There is not enough willow bark tea in the world to counteract the headache he can feel gathering behind his eyes. Chapter 4 For a timeless instant, Lan Chiren is tempted to pinch himself. It's childish, ridiculous, but surely... Surely he must be asleep and having a truly terrible dream. A nightmare. Surely he is not standing here, hidden from sight by the snow-laden branches of a large bush like a thief in his own home, watching two-thirds of their youngest, most innocent, most vulnerable disciples asking Wei Wu Shen for help. He is, though. He knows he is, and he feels his chest tighten. The light meal and tea he's just shared with Lan Guihong suddenly sitting like a stone in his stomach. Wei Wu Zhen. Wei Wu Zhen. The bane of his existence, the only blemish on Wang Ji's otherwise pristine reputation the worst mistake his nephew has ever made. And what a mistake. What a blemish. Perhaps the worst person the children could have chosen to seek assistance from. And assistance for what? He gathers himself to storm forward and demand an explanation, and further demand that Wei Wuxian stop corrupting the youth of Gusu Lan. Bad enough that their senior disciple class trail after him like lost puppies rather than young men who will soon represent their sect to the world at large. When Wei Wuxian heaves a heavy sigh. Lan Chen Li, he says, clearly enough for Lan Chiren to hear a thread of amusement in his voice. Did you get permission to take that talisman paper out of the classroom? The boy in question a fine, upstanding student who can already recite the first thousand sect rules with only a few vocabulary errors, actually ducks his head, stubbing his toes in the drift of snow that the wind has scattered on the walkway. It's not against the rules, he says, and Lan Chiren inhales, opens his mouth to announce himself. For the second time, his action is arrested, this time when Wei Wu Zhen speaks. Uh, uh, uh. Someone not telling you no is not the same as them telling you yes. What if your teacher needed those supplies for your lessons today? 
I am happy to help you. But, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm not interested in helping you get into trouble with your teachers. You should all know better. The boy's shoulders slump. And were Lanchiren less disciplined, he has the uncomfortable feeling that his jaw would have just dropped. That... That was not what he expected to hear. Did Wei Wuzhen just scold the boy for doing something improperly? Pinching himself begins to sound like a good idea again. Wei Wuzhen holds a serious expression for a moment, then squats down so he is eye-level with the novices. I suppose it's a good thing I have plenty of talisman paper of my own then, huh? He says. The children brighten immediately, crowding in closer to him. What do you need to practice today, then? The students all start talking at once, in direct opposition to their usual calm, ordered responses, and Lanchiren narrows his eyes. Days. As far as he knows, these children have only known Wei Wuzhen for a few days, and already he's been a bad influence. How is it possible for one person to be this much of a disaster? Does he ruin everything he touches? It's enough to break him out of his momentary shock at the sight of Wei Wuzhen behaving like a responsible adult, and he bristles. He takes a step forward again, takes in a breath to call out again, to put a stop to this madness and, Grandmaster? And is interrupted, again. He startles at the voice behind him, covers it up by whirling on the new presence. Lan Sijui and Lan Jingyi shrink back from him a little, and he belatedly realizes his anger must be showing on his face. He takes in a calming breath, schooling his features as he flicks his sleeves into order. Grandmaster? Lan Sijui says again, his tone cautious. Is there something we can assist you with? The two young men are each carrying an armload of what looks like the most random assortment of things Lan Chiren has ever seen. A set of Gusu Lan robes, brushes and inkstones, several Chan Kun pouches, and a jar of some kind of kitchen spice that has absolutely no business being in the cloud recesses, judging from the truly alarming shade of red that rims the lid from where the lid has jostled loose. Lan Chiren is both desperately curious and certain that for the sake of his sanity, he does not want to know. What, he grits out, is going on here? Lan Sijui's eyes flick to the scene behind him where Wei Wuzhen is still talking to the novices. An unreadable expression flashes across his face before he elbows Lan Jingyi in the side. Lan Jingyi splutters before he, too, glances further down the path. Unlike Lan Sijui, his face is an open book of surprise, dismay, and finally panic. Uh, 
Grandmaster, it's not... They were just... Um... Speak clearly, Lan Chiren snaps. The novice class just wanted some extra help preparing their final exam in a couple weeks. Lan Jingyi gets out in a rush. Lan Feng, uh, Teacher Lan, told them they wouldn't move on in their studies until they could demonstrate mastery over their basic spell work. And some of them freaked out. They liked Master Wei so much when he had to watch them the other day, and he's been so helpful on our night hunts. He trails off with a helpless shrug that threatens to dislodge the alarmingly red kitchen spice in his arms. I didn't see any harm in sending them to see if Master Wei could tutor them. Didn't see the harm, Lan Chiren repeats, incredulous. He whips back around in time to see Wei Wu Shen usher the last of the novices into the empty practice room he's been doing who knows what in, and this time he does not allow himself to be distracted as he strides down the path, determined that whatever madness this thorn in his side plans to perpetuate will not come to pass. He is nearly to the door when Lan Zijui suddenly darts in front of him, his arms now empty of the things he had been carrying. Grandmaster, wait! He says, spreading his hands as though he might try to fend Lan Chiren off physically. Almost immediately, he lowers them, pressing his lips together for a brief moment before drawing himself to his full height. A hard, determined light enters his eyes, and he sets his jaw. Please, just a moment. For a fleeting instant, it is as though the past and the present blur together. In that instant, Lan Sijui looks so much like Wang Ji. Lan Chiren pauses, a strange feeling twisting in his chest. Capitalizing on the hesitation, Lan Sijui speaks again. Grandmaster, please, I... I would ask that you not be so quick in your judgment. Master Wei hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, Lan Jingyi's slightly strained voice sounds from behind him. When he glances over his shoulder, he finds the disciple making his careful way towards them, his arms now full of the things Lan Sijui had been carrying as well. Why they had not just put everything into one of the Changkun pouches is beyond him. There's no rule that says you're allowed or not allowed to ask for help during the study period. You presume to quote the disciplines to me? Lan Chiren turns to glare at Lan Jingyi, who gulps audibly and scurries the last few steps to come to stand beside Lan Sijui. There most assuredly are rules about associating with those who willingly turn from the righteous path. Is that truly what you think of him? Lan Sijui questions, his voice low and calm, yet somehow more intense because of it. That he willingly? He cuts himself off, swallowing and shaking his head. Do you truly believe Master Wei still cultivates evil? Has he given me reason not to? Lan Chiren counters harshly. Even as he says it, his own conscience demands that he acknowledge he's not being entirely fair. It sits heavy in his heart, twisting and slithering like a snake.
Lan Sijui's face grows somehow colder. And if his actions echoed Wang Ji before, now the resemblance is truly uncanny. Lan Chiren recognizes the expression that sits on his great nephew's features. Intimately. Wang Ji has worn it many times before, though it had only appeared after Wei Wuxian came into his life. Lan Sijui is not backing down. Have you ever given him a chance to? He demands. He demands it respectfully, politely, but he does demand. Beside him, Lan Jinghe briefly looks as though he wants to curl up on the ground and die, but he stands firm beside his friend, lending silent support. The sheer audacity actually stuns Lan Chiren into silence for a few heartbeats. That these disciples, these children, would dare. He was wrong. Lan Sijui does not remind him of Wang Ji in this moment. This, this is all Wei Wuxian. And Lan Jingyi too? True, the youth has never been a model of Lan decorum but he has never been this defiant. This. This is what he feared when Wei Wuxian started spending so much time around their junior disciples. This is what he fears will happen to the novices. Only so much worse, because at least Lan Sijui and Lan Jingyi have had proper instruction, have had years of proper role models, have learned how to differentiate between right and wrong. Grandmaster, Lan Sijui says again, and for the first time, there is a fissure of uncertainty in his voice. That is all I ask. Just give Master Wei a chance to prove himself to you. If you would only just listen for a few minutes... You are inviting me to spy. Lan Sijui takes a deep breath. I am inviting you to observe. Please, great uncle, just please listen to what Master Wei does. Just for a few minutes. I will accept whatever punishment you deem necessary. All I ask is a few minutes of your time. Lan Sijui had not called him great-uncle since he was nine years old. It would not have been proper once he officially moved into the disciples' quarters and began cultivating in earnest. Lan Chiren is not entirely sure he's aware he has done it now. Lan Chiren glares at them, lifting his chin and huffing to himself. The two disciples meet his gaze steadily, if a little fearfully in Jingyi's case, but his refusal to allow Lan Sijui to be the only one to face his ire is admirable. This is important to you, he says, 
narrowing his eyes at his nephew's adopted son. Lansijui sighs, the tense set of his shoulders relaxing somewhat. It is, he says. Lanshiren considers. Some small part of him horrified that he is even doing that much. Still, perhaps there is merit in gathering more evidence. He does not need anyone's permission to forbid someone from interacting with their students. Education in the cloud recesses is his domain, after all. But perhaps this would allow him to do so without argument, without causing more strife between him and Wang Ji. It will be hard enough to replace Lan Guihang without having to worry that the novice's next instructor will have to undo bad habits and incorrect methods picked up from Wei Wu Zhen. If indulging Lan Sijui for a few minutes lessens his stress later, perhaps it is worth it. Lan Chiren heaves a put-upon sigh. Very well, he says. Where shall I observe your master way from? Distaste curls through him at the thought of stooping so low as to spy upon a guest of the cloud recesses. Even this guest. But he supposes he shouldn't really be surprised. It is Wei Wu Zhen, after all. Of course anything involving him would be antithetical to the land disciplines. Lan Sijui and Lan Jingyi have a short, very intense conversation using just their eyebrows and a few exaggerated facial expressions. Lan Jingyi finally rolls his eyes and heads for the door of the practice room Wei Wu Zhen had led the novices into, juggling the supplies in his arms awkwardly. Lan Sijui hesitates then quietly gestures to the door of the adjacent practice room. Lan Chiren barely keeps his distaste from curling his lip, this time. So they will genuinely be spying. He has agreed to this course of action, though, and so he swallows it, sweeps into the room behind Lan Sijui, and waits as the young man closes the door. This cluster of rooms is used for practicing advanced spellwork and arrays. The walls layered with countless protection charms and wards. It is often necessary to have a larger or smaller space available, though, and so the inner walls themselves are made of simple bamboo screens, easily collapsible and movable to create the desired workspace. Naturally, there are also numerous silencing and privacy talismans that have been woven into the very walls. Though, if they are not activated, it is easy to hear every word that is spoken in an adjacent practice room. The silencing talismans in the workspace Wei Wu Zhen has commandeered have not been activated. Lan Sijui sinks gracefully to his knees against the walls separating them from Wei Wu Zhen and the novices, eyes downcast and hands folded neatly in his lap. 
Lan Chiren listens as Lan Jingyi clatters into the next room, greeting the novices and making some mumbled excuse for Lan Sijui's absence that just barely skirts the edge of lying without crossing over. Another thing he would like to lay at Wei Wu Zhen's feet. But honesty demands he admit that Lan Jingyi has been stepping up to the very edges of his boundaries and pushing his toes against them since he was a child. Perhaps that is why he and Wei Wu Zhen seem to get along so well. No matter. With another huff, Lan Qiren settles himself next to Lan Sijui, staring straight ahead as Wei Wu Zhen's loud, obnoxious voice fills the space. He breathes deeply, braces himself to listen, as he agreed to, to the man utterly botch whatever instruction he tries to give the novices. Oh, Wei Wu Zhen doesn't lack for knowledge. In the absence of any other choice, Lan Qiren will concede that Wei Wu Zhen is and always has been a prodigy. He is brilliant. That he had squandered so much potential with his crooked, disrespectful ways is no small part of Lan Qiren's dislike of him. Being brilliant, however, is no guarantee of being able to share that brilliance with others. Whatever assistance he provides on the older disciples' night hunts, Lan Qiren knows he will hear nothing here that will convince him Wei Wuzhen should be allowed to tutor their novice classes. He adopts a comfortable meditation pose, certain he is about to listen to a disaster. He straightens his spine and waits. And waits. And waits. And slowly, with ever-dawning horror, he realizes that he will not be hearing a disaster at all. Wei Wu Zhen. Wei Wu Zhen. Wei Wu Zhen is not holding a mere study session or providing some outside tutoring. Wei Wu Zhen, the bane of his existence, is teaching an engaging, competent, completely age-appropriate masterclass on talisman work. Lan Qiren sits frozen, listening as Wei Wu Zhen lays out clear directions for the exercise that the novice's final exam will take the form of. Fields question after question, reassures and encourages with every breath. That hated voice is calm and infinitely patient. His corrections are firm, but never unkind. His every method is textbook correct. Even as he occasionally branches out into how something can be adapted or repurposed, depending on the situation. And the novices? Lan Qiren listens to the novices absolutely blossom. Their questions are eager and curious, bright with excitement, and yet Wei Wu Zhen maintains order in a way he never even bothers to do for himself. They listen to his every word, 
and Lanchiren does not have to use much imagination, if he were taken to such flights of fancy, to picture them staring at him raptly, following his every gesture like flowerheads following the sun. It is like listening to one who has done this all their life. It is like listening to one of Lan Gui Hung's classes from years ago. Though he doubts that even in his prime, Lan Gui Hung bounced around the classroom quite so much as Wei Wu Zhen is doing, judging by the sound. He listens, shock and disbelief warring inside of him, as Wei Wu Zhen actually guides the novices through their final exam exercise inviting them all to try. The candle scenario is a test of control and application that these novices should still be weeks away from achieving, based on his own experience and observations. And yet? Ha! There, Lan Xin, what did I tell you? You only needed some practice, and look at you! Just a bit more concentration. Don't worry about the force. Just hold your intention clear as you can in your mind. Lan Xin. That was the youngest disciple's name, wasn't it? The one that he and Lan Feng and even Lan Gui Hong had all but given up on as a lost cause for cultivation. And yet Wei Wu Xian is praising him as highly as the others, as though he... Excellent! Look at that, everyone! The wick is still straight as an arrow! Well done, Lan Xin. Lan Qiren stands abruptly. He ignores Lan Sijui's startled exhalation, the questioning call of, Grandmaster? He maintains a measured, unhurried pace. He is not retreating. Not from this. As he exits the practice room and sweeps up the paths back to the main part of the compound. He does not hurry, but nor does he stop. Not when he hears Lan Sijui call after him. Not when he hears other voices addressing him. He does not stop until he is back in his own quarters. He has a meeting with Lan Feng scheduled in a little under an hour to discuss the problem of the novice class and what can be done to find a proper replacement for Lan Gui Hong. He has an hour to get his thoughts in order, to calm the turbulent emotions churning through him to set his world back to rights and get himself under control. He should only need a few minutes. At the end of the hour, three messages are passed through the cloud recesses from Grandmaster Lan Qiren. The first is to Lan Feng, apologizing and asking his indulgence in moving their meeting to the following afternoon. The second is to Lan Gui Hung, asking if he feels sufficiently recovered to join Lan Qiren for breakfast in his private quarters the next day. The third is to Lan Wang Ji and Wei Wu Zhen, asking to meet with them privately during the dinner hour tomorrow. Well, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed. This has been chapters 3 and 4, and brings us to the end of Nothing Endures But Change, 
part two in the Joy in the Midst of These Things series. Written by Glitter Bombshell. Narrated by Saird. Theme music, Spirited Away. Continuing on with our bi-weekly updates, our next fic will be The Past Cannot Be Changed, The Future Is Yet In Your Power. Part 3 of the Joy in the Midst of These Things series. If you're not aware, I will be continuing to alternate my weekly updates between the Joy in the Midst of These Things series and my Buffy Universe Her Way, Changes, and His Way trilogy. So, I hope you will join me next time. Until then, happy listening! In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com.